Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Girl Press Play, the podcast where two beautiful, strong women have decided to finally press play on their dreams and their lives. Um, Today, we are going to have a beautiful discussion about uh, the challenges of depression, about living in what we call the fog, and uh, Jay, because that's her code name, even though most of you know her real name, uh, is going to share a beautiful I don't know if I would call it a poem, but just a beautiful piece of writing that is going to kick off our conversation today. So without further ado, girl, press play and let's talk about it. Hey everyone, this is Jay. I just want to talk about a little bit, um, we'll start with this writing that um, I did this morning. And basically, it talks about depression, and we've all been there. Um, I've been there. But it's different when you're there and you come out of it, and then you have a loved one that is going through it, and you just want to help in every way possible, but your hands are tied up because you just don't know how to do it. And this morning, as I was getting ready for work, um, just thought of this person and the situation she's going through and what she described she was feeling and uh, felt like writing at that moment. And so I am going to share with you, this is for you, you know who you are. Um, Just wanna tell you that I love you and that we are here for you. The sun came out today. Regardless of my pain and anxiety, the sun came out today. I can hear the birds chirping And with the sound comes a sharp pain that stabs me across the chest. How dare they cheer so beautifully. I hear the sound of children laughing and I get annoyed, only to realize it's the laughter of my own children in the kitchen, cooking breakfast with their dad while I'm in the dark, indignantly fighting with my own body, dejectedly demanding it to get up, ignoring its beauty, choosing to overlook that it's healthy and functional with all its imperfections. They say it only takes a decision not to feel this way, but what do they know? It's not their hearts beating with pain. (sighs) Take a deep breath, my child. The pain will only make you stronger. I'm equipping you with wisdom and understanding as you cruise through this journey of pain. I have not allowed this situation with the purpose of harming you. I intend to make you strong and courageous, to build you up for the world to see. You are going through a season of molding. Once I'm done with you, my child, you will be like an eagle, soaring through the skies where no one can reach you. You will fly from me. So have faith and make the decision to get up and keep fighting, to force a smile until you feel it, to feel the sun gently burn your face and be grateful to listen to the birds chirping, to run to your children and help them make breakfast. It's in the pain that you'll find your strength. It's in the tears that you've shed that you'll find I've cleansed you. That is for you, my friend, and for everyone out there going through depression. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So the first time that Jay read that to me, it was amazing because... And I still did it now. It was still my second time hearing it. But it brought me back to the times 
that I have been depressed and that I've had that battle, that I've gone through that season of molding, which is my one of my favorite lines from it. And I want to, if, if it's okay with Jade, for us to talk about maybe our experience mm-hmm. with depression, because I think a really amazing part of of this podcast is sharing that we've been through it too yeah absolutely so um i i i'll start mm-hmm. so because since you just read so i'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll give you i'll give you a chance. yeah <laughs> you'll give me that that, that time to shine yeah, a little yeah, bit that was, that was so beautiful <laughs> thank you um so what stood out to me is that everyone deals with depression differently for me the way that my depression manifested itself is that I didn't I wasn't mad at the world I was mad at myself for not being able to experience the world the way that everybody else did I would be in like you know a lot of people will say this they'll be in a crowded room but they still feel lonely oh yeah or they'll be um in a in experience something that they should be enjoying but they just can't enjoy it fully or they're always chasing that feeling so that's what it was for me and I would have days on end in my room alone, watching TV, um, not going to school. I, I, I basically flunked out of college because I just wouldn't go. Um, my family were supportive in the sense that they would try to, like, you know, see if there was anything that they could do. But they kind of just left me to deal with it on my own, which honestly, like, it's better when, when you have family helping you. But sometimes, like, how... Jay was saying that sometimes you just want to push them away and just tell them, like, get out of my face, like, leave me alone. Um, so it, it, I, I can't think about what if. I can only say what happened. Um, and I remember that the moment where things started to shift to the darkest, darkest places of my depression were when I was away in my second year of college. I went away dorming for college. I hadn't gone to class in weeks. Um, I was in my room. And I was watching I was watching TV and I remember thinking that I was very, very scared that day. And I knew in my core that if I didn't at that moment call my mom, that I was going to kill myself. Like I just knew. And it was like the 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 scariest moment ever when you realize that that that's that that feeling is there. So I immediately I called my mom and I was like, I need you to pick me up. I'm scared. And my mom didn't ask me, like, I am on three. Like, what are you scared about? <laughs> There's a monster in your <laughs> There's a monster in your room? Who's looking for you? Why are you scared? Like, she didn't ask me that. Like, she just knew, like, okay, I'll be there in the morning. Um, everything's going to be okay. And and that was, like, the biggest relief ever. Um, I'm getting emotional a little bit. I don't yeah, like crying. It's okay. No, it's valid to, to get emotional and to just do what you feel because that's what this is about. It's real. We're not trying to to sound extra intellectual or that we know it all we're just speaking about situations that we've been through so if you feel like crying go ahead share that with with the people because i'm pretty sure they probably feel like crying mm-hmm. well it's not gonna happen right now but <laughs> if it does y'all know what it is if you hear silence or me getting choked up it's just because it's not that i'm still dwelling on that it's just so sad that i was feeling so down on myself that I was willing to end my life which is it's not mine to end it, that would be ending my family's life my 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 brother my my cousins you know um my nephew it would be ending the life that God gave me we haven't 
shared um, our beliefs with, with you guys just because we wanted to just express it organically, which is what we're doing right now, is that I, at the time, I wasn't a believer in, in Christ, so I wasn't thinking about the afterlife. I was just like, I want to end this life. Yeah. I just want to be done with it. Yeah. But um, thankfully, my my mom was there. I was able to, to find help um, going to therapy, getting on antidepressants, you know, those things were are, are available to us to use. We shouldn't put stigmatize it and we shouldn't feel ashamed of it. Like those things really did help me. And, um, and I 100% believe that that's the reason why I'm here today because there are those trained professionals that can help. And um, definitely um, one of the many things that, that saved me that day. Um, but I, I'll, I'll pass it over to Jay to share a little bit about her experience with depression because as we we said everyone goes through it whether it's temporary or in my case it was something that I had experienced almost my whole life um when I went to therapy they they did say that some families have depressive tendencies right and I, I mean, and I wanted to ask you that do you do you think your your depression is like a chemical imbalance or something that you grew to that you actually learned like a learned behavior because mm-hmm. I know it sounds cliche but like the media has a lot to do with mm-hmm. what we believe in. You mentioned in the beginning that um, you were not experiencing, uh, you were not going through the experiences that other people were going or like maybe mm-hmm. living the lives that they wanted to live, mm-hmm. that they were living, you wanted to live. But for you, do you think it was uh, media triggered or do you think it was just, it's just an, uh, a chemical imbalance in your brain? I mean, because you look right now, you you're like the most amazing person I know. You make me laugh to like, <laughs> to like we 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 literally like when we're together we just laugh, laugh, and it, it's so refreshing. So I would never, I would have never, yeah. um, I would have never like if you wouldn't be telling saying it right now, I would never believe that you went through that dark of a depression. And I think that's key, that some people, you might look at them and think that they have the perfect life or they have the perfect personality or that they must be the happiest ever. And sometimes they are smiling in that moment, but they're hiding a lot of pain. And I think for me, comedy has always been the the, my shield. It's always been like Mm. my armor, what I protect myself, um, how I protect myself. So me smiling and laughing and all that stuff that never went away when I was depressed like in my oh, wow. room alone like yes I was depressed but it, as soon as I would go outside as soon as I would go out with friends they wouldn't see a change they they would have never been able to guess unless I let them see behind the curtain as we would as we would say so I was still the life of the party cracking people up all that stuff what they did notice is weight gain because obviously I'm not mm. going out I'm not being physical I'm not doing anything like that I'm just I was eating a lot uh, so if they, if they would have noticed like, wow, Raina's gained quite a few pounds, you know, thumbs <laughs> up, maybe that would have, you know, been a, a hint for them. But, but other than that, they, they wouldn't have known. But do you think is a, is a chemical imbalance? So what I learned in therapy is that I mentioned before that there are families that have depressive tendencies. What does that mean? Basically growing up, I saw that, um, my my dad, I didn't have a close relationship with my dad. He mostly like would watch TV or he would um not be around, not be in the home. But when he was around friends, he would like turn on the charm. And mm. I think I got that from him. He would turn on the charm. And <clears throat> that's one of the ways that that depression I think manifested itself in him. 
he would spend lots of time like watching TV, chilling on the couch, like not talking to anybody, like kind of being in the home but not really physically mm-hmm. there. Um, and I think that's a way that that depression manifests itself. Itself, like when you're not facing your own reality, you're living in in another reality, which is mm-hmm. even easier now because we have social media, we have Netflix and Hulu on our phones that we can go anywhere into the toilet you know to do it it, there's so many ways for us to distract ourselves and numb ourselves Mm -hmm. and I think that's the way that my my dad did it so I grew up around that having that be an escape then there was my mom who she it's crazy that we're talking about this today and it's very kismic I guess Mm -hmm. cosmic it's just the way things happen because today my mom went to the doctor because she was exper- experiencing a lot of physical pain. And the doctor told her, there's actually nothing wrong with you except that you're depressed. Oh, wow. They told her today. So we didn't really plan what we were going to talk about. No, no. <laughs> but so it's crazy that it manifests itself. And my mom, I told her for years, like, hey, go to therapy. Go to therapy. It'll help you. It helped me. Isn't it crazy how depression can hurt? Mm-hmm. Not only emotionally, but physically. It physically. It hurts. And and you mentioned something about um, you learning that behavior from your dad. And I have I have kids. And it's so important that for us to to realize that our kids are watching. And, like, in your case, you don't have children, so you, you probably wouldn't be able to, like, relate to what I'm, I'm about to say. But, man, they are watching. Like, I remember, and, and if it's okay with you, I'll, I'll share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um... So I've had now that I record, that I know what depression is, and that I understand what it is, I've realized that I've had you know episodes of depression throughout my lifetime, even when I was a little girl. Um, living in the Dominican Republic, uh, when my mom would travel over here and leave us alone over there, I would go into my seasons of depression, um, and I was only what eight nine, and I would hide in the closet, smelling her clothes, and. Mm. Waiting for somebody to find me, <clears throat> one of my 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 siblings, we were five, <laughs> mm-hmm. and my dad would stay there when she would be here. Um, but it was only when it was my mom. If my dad was here, my mom was there, I, I was good. totally fine, mm-hmm. totally okay. But when my mom left us, and and that would happen often, and the the six years we lived there, they would come. She would come for four months, she'd go back, and my dad would come for six for six months, and then go back, and they would alternate. Um, to come to the U.S. to work for a little bit, to be with a bride, but I wasn't—I didn't understand that I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. So I would go in the in her closet and spend hours, you know, crying, smelling her clothes, and nobody was noticing. And my dad is very quiet; he barely moves. He was sitting in in a chair as well, and just spend his afternoons like swinging in the swinging in the, the rocking chair. In the rocking chair. Thank you. And um. Not paying attention, not being present, and we were doing whatever we wanted, and that I brought that up to until it was a until not too long ago, and 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 I'll tell you later how I decided to switch, um, to change my past, like the way I think of my past, like okay, mm-hmm. oh my God, I would cry and 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 miss my mom, but now I've decided that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna think of it that way, but that'll come later. I explain it to you because I was so free. Um, but yeah, going back, we'll cry for hours in the, in the closet, smelling her clothes, waiting for somebody to find me. Nobody would find me. I would have to get over it, come out and play. And then the next day it would be the same thing. It was the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, I would lose a lot of weight and then my mom would come 
home and then within a week I was already gaining weight and happy and I would not think of depression at all like mm-hmm. not knowing that it was depression uh, fast forward maybe a few years we come here and it was school uh, you know the culture shock because mm-hmm. now six years living in Dominican Republic coming here to the U.S. to the U.S. where I was so free mm-hmm. over there and here I'm locked in four walls basically because it's New York and you can't go out because you know so scary and then I went into my room for six months I would just get up get ready go to school come home eat and lock myself in the room to the point where there were people living upstairs that became very close friends in those six months with like my mom and the 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 kids the children friends with my my siblings mm-hmm. they did not know I existed wow <laughs> it was, wow. I think about it it's funny yeah because it just They're never like, came out of another room. one I, like, like, who are you? Why are you here? Oh, I live here. <laughs> but, um, and, and it's funny because that's, that's when I met that friend that I wrote the poem with, uh, for. And, wow. Um, came full circle. I know. We, no, we, we didn't, we didn't keep in contact for many, many years, but then we've um, reconnected and it's just good to know that in a way I'm able to give something back in honor of that friendship that we had or that we now have continue having mm-hmm. but yeah um and then as a, a adulthood came it's yeah, the same adulthood. thing you go in and out is a wave and and you learn how to how to live with it you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you know how okay the depression is gone the fog is coming Mm-hmm. So now I can't think too straight. I just I, I I function as a machine. Like I know I have to do things, and I go ahead and I do them, and I do them, and I do them. And sometimes I stop to think, how do I do so much throughout the day? And just I program myself to just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then you hit that wall when you're like, that's it. I can't keep going. And that's because you, it's accumulated. Like you realize that you just let it go too much. Like mm-hmm. you keep going through your uh, through your day, you keep getting up, going to work, doing the things you have to do, cook, clean, mm-hmm. take care of the kids, get up in the morning, take uh, take the kids to school, take yourself to to work, come back, do the same thing over and over, not acknowledging that you have the fog, the fog is in your head, like you can't think straight, you know you're you're functioning on autopilot, but you can't think straight, like you keep forgetting things and you keep. Uh, blocking memories it's just is i call it we call it the fog yeah and 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 if you don't mind me sharing what my experience with the fog which is just what we named it <laughs> um for me the fog is where i for, for me i do the bare minimum so i know when i'm in the fog when my room is a disaster like and I, I'm the reason why I'm sharing this with you is so that you can notice when you're in the fog. Because sometimes I wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. So my room would be a disaster. Um, I would do the bare minimum in terms of, you know, get up, maybe put a little bit of makeup so I don't look like a zombie and go to work. At work, I knew how to, like, turn it on to where, like, okay, I'm going to do mm-hmm. my job to to the best of my ability at the moment. And I would do my job. And I would come home watch hours and hours and hours of netflix or some series or something like that eat and just stay up till really late at night so like 2 a.m something like that and i thought like oh my gosh i have insomnia or something so it can manifest itself that way and then 
wake up in the morning at, late too, like going to work late and just do that whole process over again. And it could be that maybe there's friends that are contacting me like, hey, you want to come hang out? Make up an excuse. Don't go. Okay. Uh, so. can, canceling <laughs> plans. Then it would be, say if I was enrolled in school, so at, at a, a time when the fog happened, I was enrolled in school, wasn't doing any of my assignments. Professor even came looking for me <laughs> in emails like, hey, you haven't, you haven't, you know, contacted me in a while. Ignored that. Uh, just basically uh, ignoring everybody. And the the fog could last a few days, could last months, could last years. And when the wake up of it comes is when you're like, wow, like there's so much piled up. There's so much that I haven't done. I haven't done laundry in forever. I have assignments accumulated. Um, and that's what wakes you up. Yeah, that's right? what wakes you up. It's like a, you get into like a panic mode of just oh, like, oh my wow. gosh, like... I haven't done anything and it does motivate you but it's a cycle and it comes back and isn't it if crazy? you don't know how to how to stop it from the in its tracks <laughs> isn't it crazy how for you it's um slowing down mm. and just dating is dating just staying steady like slowing down slowing down yeah bare, bare minimum, minimum. Mm-hmm. for me it's just like going 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 not stopping mm-hmm. and then hitting that wall and then that's what stopped me mm-hmm. and for you i guess what wakes you what woke you up from the oh what wakes you up from the fog is just feeling like you're drowning and and, and it's literally easier. drowning yeah right and I don't know what's the, what wakes me up and now I know what wakes me up and I and I'll share that with you but before I didn't know and that's why it kind of came and left on its own and yeah. I was controlled it comes by in it. waves I was controlled it it managed my life as it pleased mm-hmm. now I have a huge responsibility. And I can't, I can't even go around it because uh, I, my daughter, she's old enough to, to call me out on it. Wow. It, it's, before even when they were little, I was like, oh, they don't understand anything. I'm just going to, you know, crash in the couch whenever I hit that wall. I'd be like, okay, it's time to just crash and sleep and, for and, hours. And... Yeah. And just, but now she's old enough and I'm talking about the older one. The little one, you know, she's still in her world where she... Just, just so everybody knows, how old's your oldest child? I have a 14-year-old and I have an 11-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's definitely <laughs> yeah. old enough to be like, girl, what you doing? Oh, no. The 14-year-old is... Uh, she's Sometimes she's even wiser than what I like to believe that I am. But <laughs> I, I, the last time I went into it, and I, and I haven't gone into it again since that happened. I almost did, but she pulled me out again. Mm-hmm. Um... I was I, I I did like I did. I went a thousand miles per hour. I just kept going. I hit the wall and then I, I crashed and then I sat on the couch for a whole week. Like mm-hmm. I would I would just instead of getting up in autopilot to do everything I used to do, I would get up and do what you did. The bare minimum. Just like get up, take them to school, get ready, go to work, come back, couch and chip oh my god, couch and chips. Mm-hmm. Salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar chips. You're the roof of your mouth must have been yes. like yes. raw. Oh god. Oh my god. You don't want to know. So yeah. So at one point, and then and then a little bit of attitude, like that's dang attitude. But I don't want. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So she came over to me and she just stood right in front of me. I was laying on the couch and I had to look up to her because she just stood there and she looked at me straight in the face and she said. I wish I didn't understand what you're going through, so it wouldn't hurt me the way it's hurting me. No. And I. Oh my yeah, gosh! I sat up. 
And wow. I looked at her, and my eyes got water, watery, and I said, I'm sorry. And I had to take a That's going to make me cry right now. <laughs> yeah, oh it, it, was, it was intense, and I am so thankful for that girl. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. I took a deep breath, and I said, it's time to just, just shake it off. Just, just forget it. Shake it off. It's, it's not worth it. And I got up, and I remember I started to cook, and I started to clean and do kind of want to get into autopilot again but i was like no now you have to be aware and you have to be a person and mm-hmm. my god your daughter's watching and i was like talking to myself like mm-hmm. did you see what happened <laughs> and you mentioned again the being present i think that's the key to to um getting a grip you know on 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 your state of being i think that would be my advice for anyone going through depression right now right this second is to and they use this a lot for panic attacks too, is like get a hold of something, a table, a couch, a pillow, anything, anything solid, and try to be as present as possible. Breathe, you know, realize like, wow, like try to picture your family's lives. Try to picture the lives of the people right outside your window. Try to um, picture different countries. Like even if you have to like Google Maps it, Mm -hmm. um, Google Maps um, France, Italy, um Madrid all these places and 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 try to be like basically shock your system with energy from the outside world and being present in that in realizing that there's there's more to life than these four walls there's more to life than just what's right in front of you there's more to life than what you're experiencing right now um I, I, I don't know if you have anything else to say about that if that's not that wouldn't work for for you no no, no. That's I was what, that's say, how do you me. get to that point because I remember like I was lucky enough to have someone tell me someone that I care for so much even you know that was able to make me snap out of it Mm. but when you don't have that someone that you care about or that someone that will Mm. come up to you and and be and like slap you a few times be like just get over it when you don't have that and it's just you how do you pull yourself out of it because I've been at points where where I somebody trying to motive let's say one of my sisters trying to motivate me and all i want to tell her is just like shut up mm-hmm. you know you it's not shut up don't don't be positive yeah. i don't want to hear your you know yeah how how, how i have to you know snap out of it i don't have, i don't want to feel i don't want to hear you say how you know this is what makes you strong no shut up you know but how do you co- go from that point where mm-hmm. you just like a rock bottom where you just like okay People that are happy right now annoy me to mm-hmm. understanding um, that you have to snap out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I said, for me, I'm lucky that I, that I, that I have my girls that, you know, they remind me that I have some. Yeah, that they were but, able to be so right. um, insightful and see like mom's going through something. Yeah. But for those, for, do you have any advice mind. for those that don't have, I mean. I, I, I definitely think that there were times there have been many times in my life that I was going through depression and nobody saw and nobody said anything and it was solely up to me. Mm-hmm. And I, at least for me, when you, when I went, was going through depression, it wasn't like I was oblivious to what I was going through, which some, for some people it might be, they might not realize that they're depressed. Like my mom, she didn't realize that she was depressed. Um, my mom, like, you know, she just thought it was pain and oh, it's a cansancio, I'm so tired, all these things. She she didn't realize it. So maybe I'm more self-aware. Don't know. 
but I I can only speak from my experience and then and then I'll give advice for someone that's not self-aware. So for someone that's self-aware, what woke me up was and I'll go back to what what you said, Jay, is the idea that there was a time where this is not who I wanted to be. Like just remembering that that little girl had a vision for herself. Like that little girl thought that by the age 28 Raina Senior, Raina age twenty eight was gonna be Ooh, worldly. You say your name. Oh man, <laughs> it's Ray. Just kidding. <laughs> that Ray at twenty eight was gonna be well traveled and have a beautiful relationship at a rock and bond mm. and all those things, and and remembering my family that I wanted to make them proud and that I wanted to. There was something that I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. That take self-awareness and remembering who you want it to be and even if you can just write like a paragraph a letter to yourself whenever you're in that that state of depression a letter to yourself reminding you like the person that you want to be is not this you want it to be you know full of wonderlust and you wanted to um sail uh, you know go on yachts and you wanted to be the type of person that drinks smoothies and, <laughs> and eats salads. Some it could sometimes be as simple as that, you know. Because yeah. there would be times where I was ordering Domino's, a whole Domino's pizza for myself, and that's not what I pictured myself eating at age twenty six or right. whatever the time was. So that takes a person that's self aware. For someone that's not self aware, going through that, you really have to just ask yourself: Is this what I want? Right. And if it's not, go to therapy. And that's therapy. the key. Speak up. Like, say something. Mm-hmm. Um, often we think that nobody cares and that nobody's going to listen and, you know, what's the point of talking? Well, that no one's going to notice when you're gone. But, man, not like, true. if you open your mouth, at least even if you say it to yourself, like, oh, man, I I think I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, um, speak up. Say something. Um to a friend, to even to a professor, like if you're in college or it, it's so important to just say it, let it get out of you, let it go, like mm-hmm. not let it go, just like, oh, forget about it. No, but let it out and just mm-hmm. speak up, say something. Verbalize it. Thank you. And it's so important for us, the people that have been there, that have experienced to be so aware of our surroundings and learn learn how to maybe recognize it in your loved ones yeah um i know there's a special someone um that i i just met not too long ago and and this person goes through her ups and downs and we were having a conversation and like a group discussion and with a professional you know Mm -hmm. a workshop with a professional Mm -hmm. and she was mentioning uh she was talking about window of tolerance but the point is she was mentioning um the clues of, of of when a person yeah. goes into depression and for this person it was isolation like i i if i remember correctly i shut down i i don't want to talk i i shut don't down like go I, anywhere I, yeah mm-hmm. or just like i i don't listen i don't look i just mm-hmm. ignore everyone sort of like that yeah and so I, I that stayed in in my head like okay every time i see her that she's not paying attention i'm i'm going to ask you know you're okay I'm going to be aware. It's so important for us to also 
Help others. Help others. Because we've been there. Because we know how bad it feels. And then now, fortunately, I can speak for myself. And, and I'm out of there. But there are times when I feel like I'm going to go in. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. out. It's but like a I, seesaw or something. Yeah, and, and, But then you see it in other people. And you're like, oh, man, I wish I could help that person. But how do I do it? Just go up there and say, hey, you're okay today? And, you know, um, I'm here if you need to speak. You know, I, I talk mm-hmm. to someone. Listen. We also need to do a better job at listening because some people can express the, express what they're feeling or express that they have in a way, kind of hint that they're going through something. And we're just so quick to just ignore or dismiss whatever mm-hmm. comments. And it's so important to be aware, so important to just listen and be present. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, it's amazing what happens when you understand your depression because it's not that... From what I learned, it's not that I'm never going to be depressed again. It's not that I, Mm -hmm. you know, have changed to the point where I don't even recognize who depression is. Like, depression? Who's she? (laughs) I don't know her. That's definitely not the case. It's like, it's like a monkey on your back that you learn to live with. It's, it's like a a switch that could easily be turned on that I have to learn and be aware of anytime that somebody's about to turn it on which is my inner self like Mm -hmm. anytime that i'm about to flip that switch i have to be present and aware of that it's it's all and i know it's always going to be there and when i do have a family and have kids that's going to be the time where i have to be responsible to break that cycle of a depressive family but it's interesting how depressed dealing with your depression and facing it head-on in a positive way changes things because you mentioned that it changed how you viewed your childhood yeah so i want to touch on what i said before about changing the way i view my past and if you hear some funny business in the background i'm making coffee because i'm addicted to coffee coffee and if you just going through some addiction or skinny <laughs> that's my addiction but yeah going back to how i changed why i changed the um decided to change the way i view my past all my life, I brought that baggage with me, thinking, you know, what what I went through my childhood. I think I mentioned in the episode before where, you know, I was different from my siblings. My hair was different. My skin color was different. I interpret information different. I process it differently. And everything was very negative. It was very sad. Um, I felt nobody paid attention to me. I was in a, I have five, we were five siblings and I always felt alone. Um, I'm the one child that fell through the crack in my head. I'm like, I'm the one child that fell through the crack and nobody cared and nobody paid attention to you too. And that affected my adulthood in a big, big way because I was dragging that with me. And now I will refer back to my childhood and this is why and everybody's always this and that to me. And this is why I'm the least of all of you. And this is why you guys treat me this way. And this is why you guys think of me that way. But I was putting myself down. Instead of, you know, just that's your childhood, let it go. Um, but when, when I heard other stories of people's childhood, especially in, in when you go to support groups or when you know, you're just having conversations like you and I have, Ray, um, you realize, like, man, people's childhood are messed up, but they decide not to let it affect their adulthood. So i not, i came home not, let them not affect it in a negative way in a negative way mm-hmm. impacted in a positive way but yeah. affected in a negative way and i came home that one day and i sat down and i said 
what if, you know, I made that decision to to be positive about my childhood. Not remember the bad things, but remember the good things. Guys, you want to know what a good Dominican coffee sounds like? Hold on. That's the sound of a great coffee just, you know, ready to be served. Um, so I said, what if instead of thinking of the negative things, I just focus on the positive things? Man, I would hop roofs at nine years old. Who does that? I would hang out with my brother and my neighbors. My like, We were like a group of maybe four or five kids hanging out freely, just like... Let's go to the store and buy bread and a Coke and just that was our, our like our snack yeah. and play until because nobody was paying attention and just play until we were tired and then really wanted to go home to eat real food and then yeah. just shower and then play some more. I wasn't remembering those moments. You know what I mean? And it's not it, it, it wasn't that important to me, but I made that decision to change to, to shift my mentality, my, 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 my memories. Let's not focus on the bad. Let's not focus on the negative. Because it's easy and, and it gets comfortable to feel negative. It gets comfortable to, you know, feel sorry for yourself. And it gets comfortable to, you know, to lay down and not do anything. Because being positive takes work. But like I say, and I know you're going to get tired of hearing the same thing, but it's just that one decision. It's hard to get there. But just try it. Just say, today is the day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be grateful. Today is the day that I am going to start. And it's okay if you fail that day. You can always restart tomorrow. And if tomorrow fails, just start again over and over as many times as you need to start over. Because before you know it, it's going to come to you automatically and you're going to start being positive. So hang in there. Don't give up and just make the decision to press play. Once I came to terms with my depression and once I got understanding from it, as a, as a child, I was very angry with my dad. I feel like everything was my dad's fault. Um, that he was the reason why our life in my in previous opinion sucked that he was the root of our problems i i remember that one time my mom mentioned that she might be getting a divorce from my dad and i cheered uh, i cheered i was like yes divorce him the I complete think, opposite <laughs> literally it's usually the complete opposite yeah. i was in elementary school and i was like yes leave him i was excited to be the child of divorced parents um so once i was able to deal with my depression I realized that a lot of my depression comes from wanting to change things in others and anger. Mm-hmm. It came from frustration and that would manifest itself in me wanting to have my dad see me and treat me like the child and the daughter that I wanted him to treat mm-hmm. me as. I wanted him to be like, I'm a princesa. Oh, my princess, let me get you this and let me take you here. He wasn't that guy. He would ignore me. <laughs> so I, I, I felt like anger towards him. And we would get into fights, physical fights, oh, and wow. yeah, it, it, some, it would get bad sometimes. And it was all based on anger. But once I addressed my depression, I realized the only person that I can control is me. Right. The only person that I can affect is me. My father is about to be is, is close to his 60s. At this rate, 
there's nothing that I can really say to change him unless he wants to change. So I let go of that. I let go of thinking that I could change him with my words. I let go of thinking that I could change him with my actions. Coming home with good grades, that wasn't going to change him. I had to do it for me and I had to accept him for who he was and learn how to, b- learn how to live with it and work with our relationship. And right now, I think we have the best relationship that we have ever had. Why? Because we don't argue. We don't get into fights. I don't live with him anymore, but... I imagine if we did, I would still be able to take a deep breath and just be like, okay, dad. You made a decision to accept him for who he is. And it all comes down to making that decision um, for everything in life. Okay, I decide today that I am going to be happy. And then like like what I wrote in, in the point when I wrote in the beginning, force a smile until you truly feel it. There's nothing more contagious than a smile. Make the decision. I feel this is so important because this is really what made me come out of that deep. You said depression is like a monkey in your back. Mm-hmm. I think that you can flick that monkey off. Like, you know, it it, it will try to get back. Like you said, yeah. it's a switch. It will try. Mm-hmm. But once you make that decision and you to be aware, to be aware of what you feel, to be aware of your emotions, to be aware of of your physical body everything Mm -hmm. like yeah your thoughts your 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 physical body your your surroundings just be aware like i cannot stress how much how important it is to just make that decision today i choose to be happy Mm -hmm. and repeat it 10 times if you have to even if you're not feeling it you're not you might not feel it for the Mm -hmm. next 10 days but if you stick to it and you say today I, today is the most amazing day of my life and you go about your day repeating it repeating it repeating it it's going to take some time because it's not from a day to another At it's all. not mm-hmm. just like depression creeps in and you think it's from a day to another it's not from a day to another the mm-hmm. Depres- depression creeps in slowly but surely and if you don't address it when the minute you suspect it it's going to hit you hard mm-hmm. it's the same thing with happiness it's the same thing with being aware being present sneak it in the way depression sneaks in you know just mm-hmm. just say it speak it out bring it into existence like and put the words out there be ha- choose make that one decision that's mm-hmm. going to change your life and be patient with yourself nothing comes from a day to another nothing is given to you here switch your you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it you have to work at it and you have to stick to it stick to waking up what worked for me mm-hmm What's been working for me to to feel a little bit more self love and to feel and to be more aware and more present. So the minute I I think I mentioned this the last time, the minute the minute I open my eyes, I am thankful. Thank you for this day. Thank you God for this day. And I take a deep gratitude breath. for sure. And I just crawl out of my bed because I have to crawl out because I'm always <laughs> so tired. But you you you're thankful. You're grateful for what you have. And like I said, if you have to fake it until you feel it, then do it. Yeah. And I want to also add that if you ask yourself, like, but do I want to do this? Do I want to get up and go? Do I want to answer the phone? Do I want? If you ask yourself and you're in a depressive state, the answer is always going to be no. No. So you just have to do it whether or not you ask like avoid asking yourself that question. You see that phone ring and you and it's your friend. Just answer it. Just if you, if even you, if you're annoyed, even like, if uh, you're annoyed, just answer it. Um, if if your friend invites you over to her house 
and you feel tired oh. and you're thinking, wow, I hope she cancels. Sounds familiar, huh, Rita? <laughs> That's very familiar, huh? So she almost canceled on me today. <laughs> I was I was like, wow, I'm really tired. If you let those thoughts enter your your body, it's like pouring cement into your sacude, body. Sacude, sacude, sacude. Yeah, just brush it off and just be like, Shake it okay, off. I'm getting in the car, I'm on my way, girl. <laughs> you know, it's... And it's, it's, I know it's easier said than done because I know I was there. But if you can just start by, say, your morning coffee. Hold your morning coffee. Smell it. Think about, like, how arom- aromatic it is. And as with each sip, it's filling you up with more and more fuel to conquer the day. And, and just really enjoy Guys, it. Taste it. She has her eyes closed and she's holding a cup of coffee. So yes, I think she's really visualizing it. <laughs> because... It's 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 being present, gratitude, and and positive speaking, and positively yeah. speaking to yourself. You'll be surprised how how much is that little moment. It's it's so it's so small and so powerful that moment where you determine that when you decide that you don't want to do it, when you have plans and you're ready to go out and you're like, I don't want to do it, and mm-hmm. then it's just that that those little words. Mm-hmm. And they overtake everything, and and it's just getting over that hurdle. Like, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. And then just force yourself out. Mm -hmm. And once you're out, things change, and you actually end up having a great time. Um, You know, like it's it's right now. You're coming to coming here today. Best decision ever. There you go. And Mm -hmm. then and she's eating um, pretzels uh, with Nutella, uh, Nutella covered pretzels, Uh, homemade. So, but it's it's and you're having a good time and we're having a you'll guess, never a good regret discussion. it. No, but it's just don't let that moment, that tiny tiny split second, that mm-hmm. thought that you get, fool you into not doing the things that are possibly going to change your life and yeah, make you better. Yeah, because you you will regret staying in your bed, but yeah. you won't regret getting out of it. Or, or even ever. even even if you don't regret staying because you think it's the best decision you made, but at the moment later on you're going to feel it later on you'll be like oh my god i was really depressed and i could have just gone out and Mm -hmm. and maybe just experienced something new and different and get over it and i do want to mention something because we are talking about a lot of things that we can do ourselves but there is a point in depression like how it was for me where it gets out of control to the point where you're scared for your own safety Mm -hmm. and that is when you need to go to therapy because in therapy, I learned why I get depressed. I think that's also a key too. For me, the reason why I get depressed, and it was something that I would have never thought of. Well, I'll share it with y'all because y'all, y'all part of the Girl Press Play Club. So apparently, <laughs> me, Ray, am a perfectionist. Some people will say, oh, I can see that. Other people will be like, KK, her, no. But... My perfectionist tendencies, and perfectionist is not like, oh my gosh, I have to have the matching bag with the matching shoes. I don't know like what people's image of perfection is, but it's not that. For me, perfectionist is like, okay, I enrolled in school, and if I'm taking a course and I'm not understanding the material right away, I start beating myself up internally, and it, it, it cripples me so much to the core that I don't want to take the course anymore, that oh, I don't wow. want to, to keep going to class, I don't want to keep learning. Um, uh, at the gym, if I feel like I don't know what to do and 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 I don't know what machine to use and, and how to go about it, it cripples me so much to the point where I just don't go. So wow. projects, like if like the podcast, if I feel like 
it's not being done in like the way, the structured way and all these things, it'll freak me out so much that I won't do it. And it's crippling. And that crippling makes me talk even more bad about myself because it's like, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never no, going to... It's, it's being bullying. hard on yourself. But, and, and it's not like it's like a clear voice. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the quietest whispers that you will ever, ever know because it's what I believed, but I don't know who told me that. Nobody ever told me that you ain't going to amount to nothing. My parents never told me that, but I told myself in because, different ways. Yeah. yeah. By never trying... You tell yourself that. By never following through, you tell yourself that. There's different ways. It doesn't have to be verbal. Um, I want to mention something real, mm-hmm. real, real quick. And, and I think it's kind of funny because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a teenager. That's why I'm like... I, I, I really don't like when my girls get into like a, a series or um, a show or uh-huh. whatever. I'm like, ah, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Dawson's Creek? Oh my gosh, I watched it like three times. Yes, it Pacey was, is my man, okay? <laughs> it was Dawson's Creek and Felicity that messed me up. That messed me up, man, because I was I on the right that. track and I was like, you know, I was there, I was playing softball in, in, in high school and I was I was there. I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm okay. But then those shows came on and I was like, oh, why I is it so hard? I was Felicity. <laughs> I think at one point they, called, they tried to call me Felicity in high school because... <laughs> Life is so hard, and you know, in my life, and you know, it's so dark. The and, and, drama. Right, but you should have heard. You should have read my journals in high school. It's like, why is life so dark? It's like a cloud my, hanging so, over me. Like, the yeah. drama, and then, like in the boys in high school, like the boys that you know that would not like you, especially me, that I was the weird one. Mm-hmm. Um, even one of the boys I liked in junior high school, I kind of went. I I. I the one boy I was in love with in junior high school, my mm-hmm. my like first love ever. Yeah. And uh, I found him. We we were chatting on Facebook the other day, and on Instagram. Sorry, Facebook is too old. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, and you know, I mentioned quickly like I was a weird child. He was like, "Yeah, you were a little bit awkward." <laughs> a little bit awkward. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, like <laughs> you had to go there." <laughs> Dang. And um, but but like I said, those I I don't like it when my daughters um. Like, when my little one is on her phone, mm-hmm. I, she doesn't have a phone, but I have a spare phone. And when she's on her phone, and I let her, like, mm-hmm. do you, and then just take your time and have fun, like, in the weekends, yeah. she transforms. She's another person. Mm-hmm. She's dramatic. The world is ending. Nobody understands me. Nobody loves me. And it starts there, because I take that phone away, and this is the sweetest little girl ever. There's no mm-hmm. drama in the house. So just, um, for those of you that are moms that, you know, have children, just be aware, because... All of that media, that TikTok and the mm-hmm. Snapchat and the perfect, it's like I told my daughter the other day, the little one, you are basing your life on seconds of other people's lives. Like, that's what they show on TikTok. That's what they show on whatever it is that you're getting into, even on Instagram. Like, you cannot base your happiness on whatever other people are doing. Not your happiness. You cannot measure your life mm-hmm. on those standards because those people are recording seconds of their lives. And making yep. and making pretend life is just this amazing fairy tale, this amazing story, and it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen my daughter's um TikToks, and they're so happy when she's probably had like a really bad encounter with my other daughter, and they yeah. had an argument, and then and she it took gets like over it. like ten takes for them to get it. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you see what you did, you, and I pointed out. Mm-hmm. See what you just did right there, like 
you posted something that you look, you know, happy and exciting, you're smiling. It's the same. Why all the kids have the same smile on TikTok? Like, recording yeah. the same video with the same crooked smile. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I'm perfect. But it's a lie. And, I, and you cannot base, you cannot measure your quality of life on those standards because they're not real. And that would bring you down in a heartbeat. Yep. And... I want to actually really, really dive a little, just a little tiny bit deeper. We are running a little long, but it's it's just so that those that are parents um, or even have younger siblings or something like that, noticing the signs of depression in children and their cries for help, I think is super important because I think if somebody would have noticed that in me, I mean, I went to therapy as as a child too. Um, Thankfully, my mom did notice those signs, but it, I don't think it was taken as serious as it was. So, um, there, there's, there were times where I would do like I, I remember I, I was able to pick a project to do in school, and it could be on anything I wanted. I just had to research it. I would choose the darkest things. <laughs> I chose one time like self mutilation. What you know? Yes, I chose self mutilation. I was in seventh grade. You're so scary. And I printed out pictures of self mutilation. The teacher didn't say anything to me. Like that was a cry for help. Um, the books that I was reading, they were um this book called Drowning Anna that it was about this girl that killed herself. Go ask Alice, a girl that killed herself. Um uh, speak a girl that that and you, all of um, that influences it's like mm-hmm. I, I always tell the girls garbage in garbage out yep like you put garbage in your head and you're gonna speak and act garbage you have mm-hmm. to be so mindful of the things you read of the music you listen to of 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 what you say because yep. that sticks with you and, that and now makes even you... more it's just like there's so much i can't imagine being a teenager or a young kid in this day and age because it's just you can literally surround yourself with that garbage 24 7 yeah like the only time you would rest would be when you would sleep honestly and even then you're not safe because everything that you put in your head you're dreaming dreaming about about and and no and i have to take the phones away Mm -hmm. before they go to bed because if i if i let them go their way without taking it away yeah they they will go to bed at 3 Mm a.m i found my older one like going to bed like i woke up one time and it was 3 a.m yeah and And she was on her phone she quickly put it away and pretend she was sleeping i was like don't do that i i saw you and i you know and don't think like oh they should have self-control or i have to teach them self-control no No, it's a lot harder than it looks to have self-control because me as an adult woman i don't have no self-control when it comes to that sort of stuff of not being on my phone till 2 a.m i can't imagine a, a, a kid um so i really think that's important for even those of you that aren't parents, um, that's something that you can notice in yourself, in your siblings, and in the future. Keep that in mm-hmm. mind because I imagine that the world's just going to get more complicated. And um, it will. Yeah. But guys, thank you for putting up with us and <laughs> to the end. And um, for those of you out there that are going through depression, I just want to say that you guys... You, you do matter and that we are listening and it's it's safe to speak up. It's the safest thing to do because when you speak, people will listen and and you will find the help. So don't stay quiet. Say what you feel. Find that one person that makes you feel safe and, and talk to that person. And if you truly have no one, then talk to a professional. Um, yeah. Uh, and and also, if you don't have anyone to speak up to, we have an email address, girlpressplay at gmail.com. 
that's girlpressplay at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to email us. And um, we're also on IG. Uh, again, girlpressplay and Instagram. Feel free to follow us. Give us a like. We'll be posting this episode on there too. So, yeah, reach out to us if you don't have anybody or if you just have some more questions about our experience or about any advice that we could give you. And thank you. And we hope that this episode has inspired you. We hope that uh, it has been a blessing to you. And most of all, we hope that it has inspired you to press play on your life because we know that depression can make you press press pause on everything. So we hope that it's uh, inspired you to press play. And thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.